Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again. Very, very special guest I have with us. My man, Brandon Robinson, a.k.a. Scoop B. You may have seen him on MSNBC. You've seen him also on NBA 2K on the social media feed underneath Rachel Nichols. Brandon Robinson, how's it going, my brother? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, very busy week, but um, I can't complain. How are you? It's you know, it's another day here over in Canada, eh? You know, I'll just get that right out the way. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So for episode 147, I want you to get the listeners to know how did you get your start when it came to sports writing and journalism. Um, it actually started, um, I had an audition in Manhattan at Chelsea Pier, uh, which for those who are not familiar, is right off the West Side Highway, uh, Manhattan. Uh, if you listen to the Bonnie Clyde song by Jay-Z, uh, even down the West Side Highway, Chelsea Pier is right there. So, uh, I had an audition with, um, this opportunity where a bunch of kids, it was 200, 300 kids who auditioned to be radio personalities um, for a, or a station called 1660 AM Oswald Radio, which is now defunct. And uh, Oswald Radio was was based in Jersey City, New Jersey, which is right next to Manhattan. And, you know, I got I killed the first audition. No problem. I got the second audition. It was at Dangerfield Comedy Club in Manhattan. Um, got the call back. And so what happened was, we were doing commercial. I got the call back to be a personality there, and then we were supposed to be doing um, commercials with the Crash Dummies. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Crash Dummies. Uh, not familiar, my but friend. Not familiar. They they encourage you to put your seatbelt on, and and you know, dare those 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 um, figurines that sit in those cars where they do the test cars for the airbags. Okay, it's starting to ring a bell. Demonstrations with the airbags. Yep, starting to ring a bell now. So th- those so those Crash Dummies will come to life. So you know, we did commercials for that. And then what ended up happening was um, the Nets, uh, the, then the New Jersey Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets, uh, had reached out to Oswald Radio because they were looking for talent 
um, to basically uh, be a personality on this radio show called Next Lemon Planet. At the time, this is 97. Um, the Nets had gone through a rebranding, um, new logo. Keith Van Horn was their first-round draft pick. They had Tim Cassell, Jason Williams, Kendall Gill, Kerry Kittles, and more. And John Calipari was the head coach uh, and the vice president of basketball operations. And uh, they called me and uh, my mom and had an audition. And, I mean, that, more so just a conversation and an interview and the signing of a contract. And, you know, here I am. I did the show for two years. And uh, I just never looked back, you know, just continued to take line. But that was the start. Okay, pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of credentials, a lot of well known names in in the in the basketball community, in the basketball industry. There also too, your podcast, Scoop B Radio. Tell the Canadian listeners what that's all about, and and what goes down on that on that podcast platform there. Well, Scoop B Radio. The funny thing is, is um, actually uh, started out as just a uh, time capsule. Um, and I use this example, um, Hot 97 here in New York City um, has a host uh, on the morning show named Peter Rosenberg. Um, Rosenberg, you know, is a radio, is known as a, as a fixture, not just in New York, but in hip-hop at large. Um, he actually uh, took a lot of his old interviews, I guess that were on tape recorder, and digitized them and, you know, put them on podcast form. And I didn't copy off of him, but me and my team, you know, had a similar formula. So... As a kid, you know, I would tell my story, you know, what I did and, you know, starting young, but there's no record of it in the digital space. So, like, at my parents' house, I had a ton of a ton of tapes um, from when I was a child that were sitting in a Timberland box. Sounds okay. very New York, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and basically, um, we took those tapes and we digitized them. So I had interviews with, like, the Kimbe Mutombo, um, uh, Scott Burrell. B.J. Armstrong, uh, uh, J.R. Reed. I actually just talked to J.R. this morning. Okay. Um, Jason Williams, a million, myriad of different people, and we digitized them. And, you know, that Scoopy Radio process came about. We created that concurrently uh, when I was hosting, co-hosting a show at CBS Radio called Brown and Scoop. And so basically, um, you know, we were digitizing those tapes and making that happen and putting them, you know, through automatic. And what ended up happening was, we, during that time, I ended up getting a call uh, from NBA um, veteran Tim Thomas, who had a story to tell. Um, basically, he and Kenyon Martin had had a feud from years ago. Yeah. Um, and Kenyon Martin had gone on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast and, you know, talked about it. And, you know, Tim heard that version of it. Tim called me. He wanted to tell his side of the story. And that hit my podcast. It was on Podomatic. And it did numbers because I was at CBS. I wrote the article at CBSSportsRadio.com. And what ended up happening was it got Bomani Jones retweeted it. And then Jason McIntyre um, wrote about it at the big lead. And then that brought a whole bunch of traffic. So me and my team said, yo, we need to have a sense of ownership. So we bought the book with the domain name, the Scoopy Radio. And we just started putting out, you know, older content from my childhood up until present day. But then when I left CBS Radio, I ended up... Um, just taking on Scoopy Radio full time, um, where we were getting more current interviews, a myriad of other things, and you know I continue to write. You know I've, I've been a senior writer, or rather a, um, uh, a columnist and uh, managing editor at, at, at Respect Magazine. I was there for a couple of years, left there, went to Basketball Society. So every place I went, while I had the podcast, 
I wrote about the different topics that were discussed on my podcast as well. And, you know, it's just, it's well. And then one of the biggest hits aside from Tim Thomas and that situation with Kenny the Jet Smith, who told Scoopy Radio had Michael Jordan not retired, um, the Rockets still would have beat the Bulls um, in the NBA Finals in 94-95. That, that's a bold that statement by Kenny. That's a bold statement. <laughs> it is a bold statement. It's a bold statement, but, you know, Kenny, Kenny spoke his truth, and that's how he felt. So I'm, I'm glad he told me his truth. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Out of all, right, the interviews you've conducted, out of all the podcasts and things like that, what would you say was been your most favorite favorite one, if you would, if you want to break that down to us there? Well, for those who are paying attention, you asked me a question initially about Scoopy Radio. Scoopy Radio is available um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or you can simply visit ScoopyRadio.com. It got 3.5 million streams last year. Um, and, you know, we've had anybody from, you know, DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban to uh, Jamal Crawford, um, a myriad of other people. Uh, Kitty just missed me one of them. Um, to be honest with you, out of all the interviews I've done, um, some of the ones that I've done, uh, I enjoy because there's a relationship there outside of that. Um, anybody from Silk the Shocker, uh, legendary um, hip-hop artist, brother of Master P, part of that No Limit movement. Um, he and I have a good relationship um, outside of just interviewing. Um, I talked to him this afternoon. Um, <laughs> you're talking Jason to everybody, Williams. man. <laughs> what what you say? I say you're talking to everybody, man. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's awesome when you have a consistent body of work. Um, and I think that's the thing that in today's day and age, Many people want to be seen. Uh, many people um, are not willing to sacrifice and put in the work. And, you know, this, the, the, the fact that I'm able to talk to various people comes from access, but consistency. And uh, that, that, that's what I'll say. But, you know, Jason Williams is another guy that, that um, you know, former Nets, uh, Jason Williams, um, he and I um, have a relationship that spans from my childhood. We still stay in touch to this day. Um, Charles Barkley um, has always been kind to me. Um, Kenny Smith. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's really just a, a, a. I feel like my life, my career, and my brand has come full circle. But now, um, you know, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm still doing what I love, but at the same time, you do build relationships over time with people. Absolutely, man. And and one thing I can I can accept about you is that I watch your Twitter timeline. You you interact. You're posting. You're doing all the great things. You know what I mean. You you're not like you're. You feel like you're bigger than anybody else. You will take your time to you know relate and talk to you know the other socialites there on, on the Twitter and the Twitter platform there. You know what I mean? Because we know how things can get out of hand on there and how our things can get misguided and misscrewed and people want to say different different things you know what i mean and always have something to say like you know your, your famous word sources say <laughs> <laughs> yeah sources say no nah, man i mean listen man i think that we're in a, in a day and age right now where it's a lot of noise yep um how do you differentiate yourself from all that noise so true consistency and some and sometimes i think um Talking shit helps. It does. Yeah, man, <laughs> like, you can cuss. You, just, no, like, no, no, you can do that, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think at the end of the day, you have to pick your spots. You can't respond to everything. Uh, 
And then also, you're dealing with a situation now where the older folks are going to have to give the baton to other people. But at the same time, I also think in the digital space that we're in, there's opportunity for everybody to flourish. Everybody can sit at the table. Exactly. That's that, and that's that's what it all comes down to. You know what I mean? Is yeah. the engagement that we have in the networking and I, I listen. I've only been doing this for two and a half years, and and I look at the just how people can interact. As long as you're credible, you stay authentic, and you provide consistency, and you have a good value of product. You know what I mean? So. People are always willing to want to find out, hey, what, what's going on on that side of the border? What's going on the We the North border over here? You know what I mean? And things like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, as it relates to Toronto or just the, the, the country of Canada at large, I mean, I, I was introduced to, I, I took my first trip to Canada, uh, Montreal, when I was like going into like my sophomore or junior year, so somewhere between 2001, 2002. Um, I remember I went to the summer camp in upstate New York. So like after we left, my parents were like, let's go to the, let's go to Canada. And this was before minors had to have passports to get, you know, to another country. Yep, so my exactly. parents had their passport, but like, it was a cool experience just to go. The maple syrup is something I'll never forget. The people <laughs> were nice. Um, and I remember I bought a Sean John shirt. I still have it to this day somewhere. Um, but, you know, and then I went to Toronto in 2016 uh, for the NBA All-Star Weekend. And, you know, obviously it was the first time that, you know, a, a professional sports or rather an NBA All-Star game was played outside of the U.S. But, you know, it was a cool experience. The people were nice. It was very cold. Um, but I also had the opportunity to, to, to kind of um, sink into NBA culture at large. Like, um, I was able to, you know, check out a U.S. versus Toronto basketball team or game that was a Jordan brand event mm-hmm. and just really seeped into the culture. You know, Melo was there. Um, Andre Drummond was there. Victor Oladipo was there. It was a Jordan event. But, like, really, three years later, seeing a professional sports team in the Toronto Raptors win an NBA championship after, you know, three years prior having an all-star weekend, that, that's progression. But, you know, when you really sit you look at just Toronto at large, I mean, it was a process that started in 1995. My buddy uh, Isaiah Thomas was the team president of Toronto Raptors, and he, you know, he shared with me on this radio podcast how he was able to construct um, that Toronto Raptors team. He had an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator uh, that he hired uh, for the Raptors, and you know, he talked about all the different trades that he made and how, why he decided to draft this person and that person. Kind of, it's kind of cool to see what has come together from 1995 to 2019 for the Toronto Raptors franchise. Congratulations again to them for winning the NBA Finals. No, no, absolutely. And I think what it does for, for Canada on a whole, not as for the NBA, it gives so much more exposure. We, we see in the draft, you know, four Canadians going in the top in the first round, you know what I mean, it's, which is pretty good. And then not only having that, you look at every young kid, every teenager that's going out there. They've seen this Raptors team win the championship, but what it does for basketball in this in this country alone, you know what I mean? It's it's gonna be it's gonna be something to see in the next five to seven years. I personally feel just to see kind of you know where we can build from this also too, not only with the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. 
going with the draft and, and we we were talking about basketball and stuff like this and we saw the top 3 picks the Zion Williams the John Morant the RJ Barrett's who in your mind since we're now talking about basketball who in your mind is a sleeper in this draft class that just passed 2019 that nobody's really talking about Jordan Poole Why would you say Jordan Poole why would I say Jordan Poole? Because mm-hmm. I think Jordan Poole is going to get a lot of playing time um, come um, fall, particularly because uh, whatever happened in free agency, KD and Clay Thompson, um, he's a guy that's very confident. Uh, my buddy Rashad Phillips over Fox Sports compares him to, you know, Swaggy P. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I, I actually spent time with Jordan um, going up into the draft and, you know, he's excited for the future and excited to see what's to come next. But um, he has the opportunity to shine in a system where everybody's paying attention to what KD and Thompson are going to do uh, next season. So Jordan Poole with some money that I'm interested in um, excelling. Kelvin Johnson out of Kentucky uh, was drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in San Antonio uh, because I know DeMarcus Cousins, excuse me, not DeMarcus Cousins, uh, DeMarcus Rosen, long duck. DeMar DeRozan, um, <laughs> you know, it's been talked about that, you know, they may shop him along. Um, you know, and so I, I look at this draft, obviously R.J. Barrett is a guy um, in here in New York City that that that, that is a stud. I, I personally do think that, you know, R.J. Barrett has the, has the ability to be the NBA's rookie of the year um, because I think he's in a situation like Luka Doncic yep. was this season uh, where he's got an open lane to play his tail off in a way that maybe Zion doesn't because you remember, you know, the Lakers and the Pelicans made a trade uh, to ship Anthony Davis to L.A. And Brandon Ingram has something to prove. Zoe has something to prove. Josh Harden going to touch the ball. You know, so Zion is going to be in a, in, a, in a situation on a bunch of guys that have something to prove. Can he flourish in that offense right away his rookie year? I think the Pelicans are going to do much better than people expect them to do. But R.J. Barrett is going to be that guy. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. So switching even into my next my next segue here is who do you think's got the biggest pressure set, right, this upcoming set, uh, rookie season, 2019-2020, with Zion Williams, John Morant, R.J. Barrett? And the reason why I say this is because we know RJ's over there in New York. He's playing for the Knicks. And we know how the fans, the fickle fans, we look at what they did with with Stanton over there in, in, in New York, you know, his first debut. He struck out five times, you know, and and he got booed. Who do you think has got the biggest pressure? And where's the stage is set on on these upcoming rookies here? Out of the three. RJ, because he plays in the in the meta. He plays the best. He plays for the next. I mean, you look at the Knicks, um, you know, they have a collection of guys, Mitchell Robertson, um, Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier. Uh, they have a young core. Man, if I was a Knicks, I would laugh from the mistakes that they made when they sent a whole bunch of young guys uh, to the Nuggets for Carmelo Anthony. If they had been patient with that team uh, and with those young guys, they may be in a, in a separate situation because they had, they signed, you know, Amari Stoudemire that, that senior and, you know, then, you know, they could have got Carmelo Anthony the following year. You know, so you look at that situation, that Anthony Davis situation reminds me so much of, of Carmelo when he's traded to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I hope that there's a different outcome. But when you look at the Knicks, they have the chance to, to, to build young. The same way that the Oklahoma City Thunder built young and they went to the NBA Finals in 2012. But R.J. Barrett, I mean, New York wants you to produce. I think that, you know, just observing the Los Angeles Lakers this season, for example, um, you saw how impatient Lakers fans are, particularly with LeBron being hurt and whether they're going to trade the whole young system, you know, to, to bring in Anthony Davis, which a lot of that young system that they, they did trade mine is Kyle Kuzma. But when you look at the, when you look at the New York Knicks, I think there's pressure on, on R.J. Barrett also because you look at the New York Giants <laughs> comparatively. Um, they got rid of Odell Beckham Jr. They traded him to the Cleveland Browns. They brought in Jabril Peppers. They have a backup, you know, quarterback. Uh, you know, this is going to be a big year for Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think New York fans are going to be a little, bo- might be a little bored if the Giants don't play well this season. And so they're going to look at RJ Barrett. There's going to be that patient. You look at the Yankees. What are they going to do? The Mets aren't doing anything right now. I think <laughs> New York, this is an opportunity for RJ Barrett to really just be that guy here. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. With Summer League starting, right, we got Sacramento, right, July 1st to July 3rd. We also got the next portion in Vegas, July 5th to July 15th. What are you looking for to see from this crop of talent at Summer League? We know the headline, Zion versus R.J. Barrett's going to be to kick off everything. What are you personally looking to see from some of this young crop of talent? Genuinely, I'm looking to see a showing from Tanko Fall. Um, he signed with the Boston Celtics, a guy at seven six um, that went undrafted, and I think he has something to prove. I spent some time with Taco uh, last week. Um, you look at guys like Taco. You look at guys like Bobo. I think in the NBA, the next movement you're going to see is you know a resurgence of, of big men in, in some capacity, and maybe not traditional big men. I think in the NBA, we were spoiled in the '90s um, with just a glut of talented. Centers, anyone from David Robinson to um, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon to Patrick Ewing uh, and more. I think we live in a day and age now where big men are cleanest. So you, you look at guys today that are in the NBA that are big. You look at DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you look at Joel Embiid. You look at Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis. We live in a whole big men generation these days. I think you're going to see that as this big man uh, making making a statement in the NBA because the NBA allows us to do it anyway. So you have the Steph Curry Golden State Warriors mold of playing basketball, which has been permeated through you know professional basketball all the way to the high school and, and elementary school gyms. I think when you look at Taco Fall, I think he's an exemplary uh, a, a point of reference as it relates to uh, the big men making a return. So I'm pulling for Taco Fall. I'm looking for him to, to make a resounding statement and. Um, in the uh, in the summer league and take that talent to you know the regular season. You know there's been there's been concerns about his his conditioning. There's been concerns about him being injured and running, running up and down the court. But he's not just tall. He doesn't just stand up and dunk. Like he actually has some footwork in the post. Yeah. And I saw him at times in the, in the NCAA champion or in the NCAA tournament. At times he frustrated Zion Williamson. Yes, he did. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Absolutely, absolutely. We heard about the MVP for the 2018-2019 season, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, you know, Paul George. Giannis won it outright. You posted on your Twitter. You said, don't at me. Giannis is going to win. The other night, everybody's on Twitter going crazy. They're talking about James Harden. <laughs> James Harden should have won the MVP because he, he had all these stats. You know, you average over 36 in your personal view, 
You feel the NBA got it right? And why are people complaining about James Harden not getting this MVP? Um, I don't know why people are complaining. I think when you look at when you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo this year, um, I think he played very well. I think that when you look at just the, the white light that was the Milwaukee Bucks this year, they they were the best team in the regular season in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Um, I had Marcus Johnson, uh, who was an NBA, NBA or rather a Nathan Hall of Fame uh, finalist uh, on the Scoopy Radio podcast earlier this year, and he and, and I asked him straight up. I said, "Yo." Do you think Giannis could be a a, 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 a MVP? He says if the Bucks win uh, sixty games or more, at least fifty five to sixty games, you can't ignore him. And I and I think he's right. I think that Harden plays in a bigger market than Milwaukee. Yep. And I think that when you look at somebody like Nikola Jokic, he was a guy who you know December January up until December January, he was playing his tail off. And I had Chris Sheridan on the Scoopy Radio podcast that said, you know. He'd be an MVP candidate if he was playing in the bigger market. And, you know, Milwaukee's close to Chicago. Um, and I think that after the All-Star game, um, people started really, really, really pay attention to Giannis more because he played his tail off. Next to Kevin Durant, Giannis played, his, played good basketball in the All-Star game. Kevin Durant ended up getting, you know, the MVP of that game. Um, but, you know, when you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's 6'10". At times he can dish the ball, he can score. And he also has a, a collaborative team around him. You know, as much as people pay attention to Toronto Raptors and, you know, all the different faces that are on that team, you know, whether it be Serge Ibaka, um, whether it be Kyrie, obviously, and, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and, and, and more, and Marcus Hall, and Van Vliet. Uh, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks team, I mean, look at the, the characters on that team. Brooke Lopez took less money to play with the Bucks. You have Chris Middleton. You have a guy in Mike Budenholzer who inherited a team from Jason Kidd who, you know, that they finally put it together. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Eric Bledsoe. There were a, a, a lot of different players who came together and did what they needed to do, and they and they engulfed themselves around their all-star, one of their all-stars. And so when I look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think he's deserving of it uh, because he plays the right way. Um, and he looks the part. When you look at the, the Houston Rockets, though, I am impressed with how they started out rough and they found a way to, to, to get, you know, at least go to toe-to-toe with some of the greats in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously they succumbed to, you know, the Golden State Warriors. But I look at James Harden and all he had to deal with this season. You know, they brought in Carmelo Anthony. That didn't work out. Chris Paul and him. Now there's talk that, you know, that maybe they clashed in their system, you know. All these different things, the fight with the Lakers earlier in the season, there were so many factors that went into what could have went wrong for the Houston Rockets, and they rose above it. But sometimes when it's just your time, it's your time. You know, there was times where I believe, or rather LeBron James should have got the MVP, and he didn't, Mm -hmm. uh, because maybe somebody just was that white light that stood out. Um, I think that, you know, I just think it was Giannis' time, and... um, I just think that that's what it was. I, I think when you, if people are complaining about James Harden um, not winning the MVP this season, um, I personally think that um, if we were to make the argument this year versus last year, I believe Harden maybe deserved it more this year than he did last year. I believe LeBron James deserved the MVP last year. Okay. But like I said, Giannis is this white light that came, and um, I think he earned it. And I agree with you, and I have to agree. 
I really, really do have to agree because it would be interesting to see when looming in the free agency what Milwaukee can put into the Midwest over there on that team to contend because, you know, we don't know what's happening with Kawhi just as yet with Toronto. We're going to get into that. But I feel like with Giannis, if you compare him with maybe, and and I said this at work the other day, and I kind of want to get your perspective on this. Why not have a D'Angelo Russell? Why not have a Kemba even try to flirt with the idea of going over there? You know what I mean? You know, and and pair yourself with with, with Giannis and and see what you guys can create. What's your take on that? On uh, Kawhi going to Milwaukee, either either a Kawhi or a Kemba or a or a D'Angelo Russell. Well, I think that when you break down different teams and different combinations, sometimes it comes down to um, a light. Like, for example, sometimes. People, and this is stuff I've heard over the last couple of years that has become a resounding narrative now, two years later. Some people don't want to pay with LeBron because he sucks all the air out of the room. Yeah. Um, Giannis, you don't get that sense. Nope. For Brooke Lopez to take less money to play with Milwaukee is an attraction. But here's the thing. I feel like Kawhi has earned two championships, two MVPs. He got to be on some on some team that's going to cater to him and be around him. Mm-hmm. He does not strike me as the type of person that is necessarily going to play with certain guys. I don't have any intel on Milwaukee. I don't have an answer for that. But I also feel like staying in Toronto, they have the home field advantage because they won a championship. They have the seniority in that regard. If he would have gone to any other team, the Clippers would make sense. I had Rick Uecker on the Scoopy Radio podcast who you know, said to me point blank, if the Toronto Raptors win the NBA Finals, Kawhi still wouldn't play for the Raptors. <laughs> so if you, if you take him at his word, the Clippers look intriguing. Um, but I did make a point that LeBron just sucked the air out the room. Yeah. I do know that Kawhi had an interest in playing you know, with the Lakers, Last summer, they couldn't get a deal done. So did Paul George. Um, his mind state may have changed. As far as the Milwaukee Bucks go, I think they're a young team. I think they're going to cause problems. I think they're going to take over. But I think it's interesting, to your question, leaving Toronto to play for Milwaukee, a team you beat in the finals or in the conference finals, how would that look to Raptors fans? You know they booed Vince Carter when he came back when he was playing for the New Jersey Nets. Um, I also do think that maybe he has some seniority that Vince Carter doesn't have. So Kawhi Leonard is officially best after to ever play in the franchise, beating Vince Carter because he won a championship. Would they boo him if he went to Milwaukee? That would be interesting. But when you're a boss, you can make your own rules. Exactly. A little bit more on Kawhi, right? We're we're here, and he's the biggest prize now when it comes to free agency because you know unfortunate circumstance. Katie goes down with the Achilles injury. You know, he's probably not going to play the 2019-2020 season. We're probably not going to see uh, Katie till about 2020, obviously, you know. 
with Kawhi. 2021. Yeah, 2020-21. With Kawhi. He has the ability, as you say, a boss, to make and control his own fate. If it's with Toronto, if it's with the Clippers, Brooklyn, New York. We're now hearing the Mavericks. I'm hearing even the 76ers, you know. It feels like he's going to schedule an interview with, with, or teams are going to schedule an interview, just a schedule an interview, you know what I mean, to chase the narrative. Mm-hmm. How important, if this is you, and I'm speaking from your perspective, and then you can kind of add on more with Kawhi and what his, what his decision impacts on. If it was you, what would you do in this case? If it was you, if it was, if it was Brandon Robinson, Scoopy B, what would you do in this case? You have all these destinations. You have where you want to go. You, ha- you control ultimately. You have the whole world in your hands. What would you do? If I was Kawhi or if I was KD? If you were Kawhi. Um, if I was Kawhi, I would look at a few factors. Number one, um, many people didn't understand LeBron's decision at first in 2010. Uh, he took his talents to South Beach. He took less money to team with two players that were in his draft class, and Dwayne Wade and, and, and uh, Chris Bosh, and won two championships. Um, if I were Kawhi, I would... I would look at just money. I would look at the overall picture. Um, Toronto makes sense because he's not only have he not only has a city, he has a country behind him. You know, I tweeted something like a couple of weeks ago after the finals. I said the man wearing New Balance beat the Warriors. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I, on a, from a basketball standpoint, New Balance hasn't been relevant like that since James Worthy. Wore the shoe, and and to be honest with you, when Scotty Pippen briefly wore the shoe before he switched tonight, um, the other thing is you're gonna make your money. I feel like L.A. and Toronto make sense because you're gonna make top dollar. Even if you take less money to go to the Lakers, you're gonna make the money. If you go to the Clippers, you'll be that guy. If you go to if you stay in Toronto, you're still gonna be that guy. You're gonna be the king of castle. But at the same time. I have some questions about the Raptors because when I look at the Toronto Raptors, they feel like the Houston Rockets. Thank you. Um, who got those two championships? Mm-hmm. In that, I mean, Michael was out. You do the math. When you look at when you look at Kawhi and the, and the Raptors, KD was hurt. LeBron was hurt and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you do the math. Look, moving forward, what are you going to do? Because the Eastern Conference is going to get more competitive. Say, say Kyrie and KD go to the to the to the Brooklyn Nets. Even with KD being out, the Nets are still going to be a competitive team to watch and enjoy. The Seventy Sixers, they got to figure out what they're going to do because they have to re-sign JJ, Jimmy Butler. And Tobias Harris. That's pressure. But they still have a core of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, right? You look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee is only going to get better. The motivation after winning an MVP with Giannis is there. But they're going to be good. They just got to figure out what they're going to do with Chris Middleton and what they're going to do with Brooke Lopez. Um, the Knicks, they're going to be a competitive team. Then I don't necessarily know whether they're going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be a young court, a young team that people are going to watch with RJ Barrett. The East has gotten better. The West 
has become the new East. So if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm surveying the scene. I don't know that I have an answer for you. Where would I go? But I would be paying attention to L.A., both teams, and I would be paying attention to Toronto as a return. Because I think that L.A., particularly how the Clippers played against the Warriors, imagine if Kawhi was on there. And they're meaning the Clippers. And the Clippers, their best player is Lou Williams. Yes, he, is. he doesn't even start. He doesn't That's even the crazy start. Part. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But, but then when you look at L.A. at large, the Lakers are becoming, they're going to start getting that Warriors attention now. Yep. This year coming up, is the window for the Lakers to get it together and win a ring. So if if I'm Kawhi, I'm looking at both L.A. teams, or I'm looking at Toronto. Okay. The last last piece I want to sprinkle here, Kawhi to the Lakers. The Lakers, Rob Palenka, he doesn't even know when he made the trade how much money he had left and whatnot. How is this a possibility in your eyes? Because I still try to manage the numbers, you know. I've talked to a couple financial advisors, bankers, <laughs> all that good stuff. I'm like, how does this make sense? You take less money to go join LeBron and and wreak havoc on Kawhi? the NBA? Yeah, Kawhi. I feel like if you take less money, um, he'll get it back. Because... When you look at LeBron, when he went to Miami, he raised his value by winning two championships, coming back to Cleveland, winning another ring, and then going to L.A. Um, but at the same time, I do agree with uh, Chris Broussard, uh, who's been on the Scoopy Radio podcast. He said yesterday, if I'm Kawhi, I'm trying to get the bag because I don't know what the next two years are going to be like. But then on the same token, I feel like Kawhi gives the Lakers the opportunity to, as a whole, preserve themselves. Like, LeBron doesn't have to put so much wear and tear on his body. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis doesn't have to put so much wear and tear on his body. But so does Kawhi. Kawhi doesn't have to either. I think that there's a level of self-preservation. Imagine if there was a big three on that Lakers team this year. LeBron would have been hurt. We might have been talking championship at this point, or at least conference finals. I think so. Um, so I do. I, I think when you look at Kawhi in that situation, um, I think I think. A L.A. team here being from the state of California is intriguing, but at the same time, you won a championship tomorrow. That's like having having the prom queen um, and Miss America. The prom queen is your high school at your disposal, but you also know Miss America. you got the best of both worlds, but you got to choose. What do you choose? <laughs> and I think that's when it comes down to values. That's when it comes down to, can I start a family, hypothetically speaking? Can I start, you know, can I, can I, can I, you know, can we talk about legacy? The Lakers, like the Boston Celtics, uh, make what do they do? They win championships. There's a, there's a nostalgia to it. Just like when you look at University of Michigan, Notre Dame, Syracuse, there's a nostalgia. There's a history to name amongst the greats. You know the Lakers is great when you got to change your number when you get there because so many other numbers have been retired. Yep. Anthony Davis obviously can't wear 23 because LeBron has it. He can't wear. I don't know that he can wear 21, even though I think Michael Cooper had it. But, you know, there's a history and there's a prestige here. The Clippers are the Lakers' younger brother, but I also think that they proved themselves this season with their roster of, of just guys that were able to get it done. So it, it's going to be interesting, um, and Kawhi has a lot to sift through. Hmm. Brandon, Robinson, Scoopy B, I'm telling you, 
This episode goes down in in in, in history on the Mitchell Report and Leash podcast, and I'll say this: your basketball knowledge, the way you conduct yourself, the professionalism, it's by far you know top notch. You know what I mean? And and I appreciate you coming on to this Mitchell Report and Leash podcast, my friend. What I always do in this time, yeah, what I always do in this time is I give back to the guests to plug their social media. You don't really need to plug your social media because we already see you. <laughs> You've already set out to get in contact with you. But for the new listeners, old listeners and whatnot, how can people get in contact with you on the social media fronts, my friend? And what do you got coming up? Well, first well, first and foremost, please um, subscribe to the Scoopy Video Podcast. Um, 3.5 million streams uh, last year, 2.5 million in 2017. Uh, that was a jump from like maybe... 3,000 to 4,000 in 2016. So we're on the move. Um, and, you know, we have a ton of more guests on our way. We'll actually repost this episode of your podcast on the Scoopy Radio podcast as well. Any appearances and things that's doing that. So we'll post that there as well as fresh new interviews. Um, you can also uh, follow me on Twitter at ScoopB, S-C-O-O-P, letter B. Um, and then Snapchat and Instagram are both the same, Scoop underscore B. That's S-C-O-O-P underscore B. And make sure to um, like my Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash Scoop B. And, uh, yeah, man, that, that's what's going on. This summer is going to be, um, you know, going to be fun. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, speaking at Ohio University uh, next month, and I'm actually uh, doing some stuff in Oklahoma as well uh, later next month. So, going to be a busy time and I'm excited to, uh, you know, kind of take a break from basketball with the summer there, but you know, after free agency, there'll be less pressure. Hey man, you're a class act. Like I say, once again, and I appreciate you for coming on the show, my friend. Thank you for the opportunity to be myself, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Scoop B radio. Hi, I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.